So I think it'll be good. Yeah, it will. It will. I'm here. All right, here we go. 15 films, two men, and a battle to the death. It's the Godzilla Showa Era Showdown. So welcome back to the Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're still trying our best to stay alive, Alex. Hopefully this won't really be a death match, but for now we're here and we're alive. I have every intention of, at the very least, crippling you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, have to, we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. Uh, in case you're new to the podcast, I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. I'm generally considered the newbie around these parts, and Alex is the one that's kind of grown up with Godzilla. But Alex, before we dive deep into this episode, uh, I just wanted to say a special thanks to you, actually. We've gotten through the show era showdown, or not the show era showdown, we've gotten through the show era, and listeners probably don't know that you are the editor of all of our episodes um, and I know that takes lots of time. So I just wanted a special shout out to you for spending the time to edit our episodes and edit out some of the crazy stuff that happens in those episodes. <laughs> well, thanks, Eric. I mean, <clears throat> I did have to edit five minutes out of the Megalon, <laughs> of the Godzilla vs. Megalon episode. Four, where it's four just of cackling. which... Four of which were us just laughing. Yeah, yeah. No, sir. It literally, it was literally at least four to five minutes of us just laughing uncontrollably. We've we've had that issue though since college, Alex. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's true. I forgot all about that. Oh man, I've never forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, uh, I guess since you're giving me a shout out, I'm going to give you one too. You know, I know you're hesitant to do this, and we talked about it a little bit at the end of last episode, but. I'm really glad you decided to to dive into something different. And we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But I'm, I'm glad you joined me on this journey through something that you may have been a little dismissive about. Indeed. Yeah, I was a little dismissive. But as I've gotten into it, I've just enjoyed it more and more. And now I'm just excited to see what's coming next. So I'm having fun on this journey. It's a good one. Uh, and I think this is going to be a fun episode. We've got the Godzilla Showa era showdown. Not to confuse the listeners, we're not doing the entire Showa era. Not the entire Showa era Toho films. Just the Godzilla films, the 15 Godzilla films from the Showa era. So getting right into it, Alex. My first question for you is this. Being a, um, we, we touched on this before, but being a Godzilla uh, kaiju newbie, what marks like the beginning and the end of the Showa era. We're about to move into the Hasai era, but what marks the end of the Showa era? Well, in terms of the Godzilla films, what really, I mean, I guess I'll just start from the very beginning. We start with Gojira, which is the perfect Godzilla movie. And I think you would probably agree with me there. Yeah. Um, But then we move on into the evolution of what the Showa era really means to people. And that's monster versus monster action with what turns out to be a lot of really good human stories, which uh, I didn't even expect, even knowing these movies beforehand. And then we reach the end 
which is Terror of Mechagodzilla, which is like the perfect culmination of everything we have expected up until that point. Yeah, some people may not like the light turn after the initial movie and maybe even the second movie, uh, Godzilla Raids Again. But since then, we've had a really light tone that could be off-putting for fans of the first one, and which is, leads to a lot of people being dismissive of the rest of the series. But Terror of Mechagodzilla mar- marks that perfect ending point where all the lessons have been learned. All the mistakes that have been made have been erased, and all the things that we like have kind of been brought back and perfected in really cool ways. But there's several things that are over now. And we're not going to see them again. And Eric, I want to give you a, give me a yay or nay, or maybe a little elaboration if you feel the need to, about some of the things we're never going to see again. Okay? Okay, right. Uh-huh. And, and these aren't 100% definitive, but most of it we'll never see again. So, okay. we almost see a complete end to the use of aliens. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I mean, they come back maybe in three movies total, but that's the end of them. We see the end of Ishiro Honda. Nay, that's sad. I know. That, that's, Quick question. Did did Honda know that this was his last Godzilla film? I think he may have known. The only reason I say that is because he came out of retirement to film it. Mm-hmm. So he had an idea. Now, he did go on to help uh, Akira Kurosawa film several uh, other projects. Uh, I don't know if they're a movie. I, th- I believe they're movies, but he is not in a directorial role, even though he did help create the movies. And I think he did act as a director in some of it. I don't think he knew, but you know, I don't think any director knows what their last movie is. Right. I think it just kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, and then the, we also get the end of June Fukuda. I would say nay based off his last work. Yeah, that's me too. I mean, I think overall he had some more misses than hits. But Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla really showed that he had more stuff to show off. And I don't believe he really went on to do much more after that movie either. And those two were such driving forces. I really am going to miss them. Now, what about the end of Manila? Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait. I'm so glad he's done. He looked awful. He was one of the worst elements of the entire franchise. But we also, the, one of the saddest things I hate to see is that we get the end of the ja, uh, the James Bond feeling aesthetics of the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Are you yeah, glad? that's a nay. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Uh, I'm really going to miss it. And we're also going to see the end of goofy monster moments. <laughs> I mean, we, we get a few, but really, it, it, they're gone for the most part. We're not getting a flying Godzilla who's holding his tail while holding Hedora or, you know, the slide, the, the tail slide <laughs> kick or anything like that anymore. No jet Jaguar anymore. Mm. Yeah. Sad. And this is, I know this one is probably going to be the, one of the saddest ones for you is goodbye to Akihiko Harada. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. That is a sad one. He was actually supposed to be in the next movie. We're going to do the return of Godzilla, but he passed away not long after announcing the movie yeah. and kind of helping with cool. the marketing push, but he died right before they, before they actually started filming the movie. So there he goes. Last film was Terry Mechagodzilla, where he's a weird Frankenstein monster, <laughs> something or other, yeah. but it's kind of a perfect circle. Like we kind of mentioned earlier and ultra low budgets are going away as well. Hmm. Could be for better or for worse. 
better or for worse. See, I feel like most of the movies we didn't like had the low budgets or the ultra mm-hmm. low budgets. Of course, Eber Horror of the Deep might prove to be an exception when we get to our list. Mm-hmm. That's also kind of the end of outright hero Godzilla as well, who is no longer going to be savior of the universe. He does go on to save the world a couple times, maybe, but he's not the hero he is in this one or in Terror Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. He's not this, he's not going out of his way to save anybody, I would say. So that's the end of this light tone that we've kind of come to expect. And part of me has come to love. It's this thing that I'm really going to miss because we get more interesting and varied stories as the franchise as we move into the Hasai era. But I'm going to really miss the Showa era. So, Eric, Showa era, Mm -hmm. yay or nay? Overall, it's got to be a yay, definitely. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's all the ones I had for you. Are you excited for darker stories and themes? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I think that could bring us back to what I appreciated about Gojira and Godzilla raids again. Um, so we'll see. And I, I mean, I'm kind of with you. Like there are some defining characteristics of the Showa era. Um, now there are a few films that don't necessarily feel Showa era to me. And what I mean by that is they kind of stand in the category of their own for one reason or another. When I say that to you, Alex, do you have any films that just stand out, jump uh, out to you in your mind when I say don't necessarily feel Showa era? Well, obviously the first film, Gojira, doesn't feel, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel anywhere, it doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere with the rest of them. Yeah, had that one. The only one that's an outright comedy is King Kong vs. Godzilla, also. Yep, I put that one there. Uh-huh. Um, and then, I guess you could say All Monsters Attack, but it's just like, oh, I, I don't put that one. I, 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 have, I, I have one I more. I see why you did, but it's an odd one. And then the last one, I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess maybe Godzilla versus or uh, Godzilla raids again is potential mm-hmm. because it doesn't quite delve into that goofiness that we come to expect from the monsters in the future ones. And then I could also say that uh, Invasion of the Astro Monster actually kind of feels like an odd one. But I have a feeling you're going to say Godzilla versus Hedorah. I am. You're right. That's what I said. <laughs> and because let me let me tell you what Invasion of Astro Monster actually to me it it brings some of these elements that I'm mentioning to you all together, you know? So consider these elements. They all, I think all the other 11 films outside the four that I'm talking about contain at least one, more than one of these aspects. You've got one track minded aliens. You've got monster battles. You've got music, powerful musical scores, ridiculous human plans, somewhat campy dialogue, Godzilla as this world savior and hero, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, those are some of, to me, those are some of the standout characteristics of the show era, along with some of the ones that you mentioned as well. Any others that you can think of? I, I think really it, it all kind of chalks up to tone for what you're mm-hmm. looking at. And I'm with you. The original does not belong with the rest of them. Uh, and now that I'm thinking about it, Hedorah is a perfect answer because it doesn't feel like any of the rest of them either yeah we get a little bit of goofy stuff but the music is wacky everything about it's just like wacky off the wall and it doesn't fit i don't know where it fits they're kind of like in their own category even moving forward right 
these ones and all, all monsters attack. The reason I said that one is because as we said, like there's a chance this didn't even happen, you know, like in the, <laughs> it's, it's a chance that it's a commentary on the Godzilla films, you know, yeah. like it's kind of interesting in that sort of way. Um, but here's a question for you, Alex, you've seen all these films before rewatching them. What was your biggest surprise from the show era? Um, I would say biggest surprise for show era is probably, well, first I hadn't seen Hedorah. And while I wasn't as high on it as you were, I really did like the film. But I know I appeared to dislike it more during our episode than I attend- intended. But I think that's just because we had opposing viewpoints. You were so high on it. And I was so, like, uh, middle of the road on it, I would say. But the biggest surprise was the depth that many of these movies had for me. The biggest surprise, and you and me went on and on about it, is the depth of King Kong vs. Godzilla. I still, for the life of me, cannot believe how great that movie actually is. (laughs) It's genuinely funny on purpose and by accident at several parts. But things like King Kong vs. Godzilla, Mothra vs. Godzilla, Invasion of the Astro Monster, and even All Monsters Attack had surprising amounts of depth, whether it was characters or themes. But all in all, when... I watched this era the previous time. I was kind of bored by it. I was watching two films at a time and just kind of seeking out the monster action. This time, though, while seeking the Godzilla action, I actually found things much deeper in meaning, and it just made everything so much more fun. The characters, just the vibe that all these movies provide is exciting to watch. And I think I could go on forever about it, but maybe (laughs) you should tell me, what you are most surprised about, because honestly, I know that like we mentioned earlier, getting you to watch these movies was kind of a stretch. So, you know, you being a film snob and all and not liking <laughs> comedies, as you always tell me, but all this, right. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to well, know. That's, that's ironic. I mean, the, the, my, the most fun I had was King Kong versus Godzilla. Um, <laughs> I think it's because you completely undersold me on this film because you'd only seen the American version at first. And then we watched the Japanese version and we found so much meaning in it. I think, you know, you changed your mind on the film. It was probably a pretty big surprise to you as well. But really, overall, my biggest surprise is how much I enjoyed rewatching some of these a second time. Um, Mothra versus Godzilla. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla raids again. Um, Godzilla, Terror of Mecha Godzilla. I really enjoyed watching these films a second time. On second viewing, Almost all of them grew on me quite a bit. Was that a Megalon joke again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually the, the same way. Every time I watched them, I enjoyed them more. The only I had this weird arc with Mothra reverse Godzilla, though. I watched it the first time. I was like, oh, I like it. I still think it's overrated. And I still think Mothra is overrated. I know that I'm, I'm in a very small minority on that one. But when I watched it the second time, I absolutely loved it. It was a top three movie for me. I was like, God, I can't believe how much I missed and like how much better it was. But then I watched it a third time and I didn't like it as much the third time. So it's just, just it's going back and forth. It's just wild. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, but apparently a lot. <laughs> so Alex, who did you think was Godzilla's biggest foe? I think there are several excellent options. I mean, we get Hedorah, Ghidorah. Uh, I almost said Gigan, but that's well, I won't say anything more about Gigan. Um, <laughs> but like Ghidorah, he's painted to be Godzilla's rival. I feel like in the series, 
And even going forward, I think he's genuinely or generally considered Godzilla's ultimate rival. But while it does this with success during his first appearance, where he takes on three monsters at once during God, uh, during Ghidorah, the three-headed monster, it's someone who's introduced later on that really feels like Godzilla's best foe, and that's Mechagodzilla. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of emotion, but what he doesn't have any emotion, he makes up for in just sheer firepower and like awesome effects that constantly surround him. And his just unreal arsenal when on screen just makes you wonder how Godzilla could ever beat him, and yet Godzilla beats him twice. Hmm. What about you? Well, I almost said Mechagodzilla, and to be fair, the thing I like about Mechagodzilla is that his entire existence is a giant mockery to Godzilla himself, <laughs> right? It really is. You know, it's this, it's this fake counterpart that an outside force has created. Um, so I think that's an interesting element. But to me, you mentioned this monster, it's Edera. Um, whenever we get to that point where Edera is covering Godzilla with sludge and mm-hmm. leaving him for dead, there's never a point in the series where I felt more scared for Godzilla. So to me... My choice was Edera. Yeah, I think it's a solid. I think it's a solid choice, and that's really the only two I felt like I had a good option to pick from because I remember that looming. Well, that I there's know. that shot of him looming over Godzilla, and it's mm-hmm. the only time I feel like the size difference between two monsters is right. pretty dangerous for him. I know lots of people would say Ghidorah, and I understand that. It's just I never felt the threat from him as I felt from those other two. Yeah, well, the more you see him, the more it feels like he's defanged. Because it's mm-hmm. like each time we see him, he seems to be less powerful. So by yeah. by the, the time we see him in the last time we see him in Godzilla versus Gigan, he's just another monster that kind of shows up. He's not as exciting anymore. Right. I know you haven't seen this series, Alex, but it's similar to me and how I feel about the Daleks and Doctor Who, right? Like the first time the Daleks, they're Doctor Who's greatest foe. The first time they show up in the new series, they're a real terror, right? A real menace. But then it starts to be a little bit overkill. They show up too much. And each time they show up, you know it's going to be some dramatic situation, but you always know there's no real stakes involved. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of what happens to Ghidorah a little bit. Now, is it Daleks or Daleks? Because I've always said Daleks. it wrong. Oh my gosh. Daleks. Well, that's what I get yeah. for never watching Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's an interesting question for you, Alex. Um, which film do you think has the potential to change you as a person, and in what ways? In other words, Ooh. did any of these films teach you anything? That's a, that's a really tough one. Uh, because I'm hard-headed, so I don't learn much. <laughs> no, but this, and this is something that I've known for a while. But the original Gojira really illustrated to me the like these really super interesting and relevant ways in which these old films can stay relevant. Despite having bad effects, even being almost black and white helps the first film. I don't know if black and white helps the second film. But just being out of date in every way but story. And I felt like it could affect someone's viewing. Much like how you showed your class, the original Gojira. You said about, what, a third of them maybe took interest in the actual film? Mm -hmm. That's a testament 
That's a big deal to show a movie that's 65 years old to students in 2019 and a third of them to even like it or even have any interest in it. That is awesome. I can't tell you how, like, I don't think young, well, that's not true. I loved the original Gojira when I was little. But uh, most people just are dismissive of A, foreign films, and B, black and white. Mm-hmm. And so for them to, to take hold of something this old is pretty awesome. But it's not just Gojira that left that impression on me. King Kong vs. Godzilla's commentary on the current state of television and ratings. Mm. It, it's a message that lasts forever. It's going to last forever. Because it's always relevant. And honestly, God, King Kong vs. Godzilla's commentary is probably more relevant today than it ha- ever has been. Mm-hmm. And Mothra vs. Godzilla's Greedy Capitalists. Yeah, we see Greedy Capitalists all the time, but this one's done really well. And yeah. it's done with a little bit of comedic effect, and it's probably even more relevant today than it was then. And, yeah, Godzilla vs. Hedorah's pollution theme, while I, I got a little tired by it, it's going to stand the test of time. Pollution's always going to be a problem, no matter what. And these movies having these messages that, last the test of time especially gojira with its nuclear commentary as we do move to towards a more green planet as our goals are nuclear becomes the only solution and we see we see the problems with nuclear when godzilla gets revived during the hasai era during the millennium era and during i can't remember what shin godzilla's era is but each of these films is revived because of a horrible nuclear event that happens yeah. So it's just there's just a lot of depth to all of this. Even the, even the resuscitation of the franchise has depth. It just really left the impression that no matter how old your movie is, if you've got a message and you really hone in and craft it well, it can last forever. I like that. I yeah. like that. So my thing is is I, I'm going to go with the original Gojira too. I hear you on all those other films, um, but I've seen Gojira now. Uh, 1954, by the way, Alex. Because um, <laughs> you tweeted seen, the wrong date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen this film about five times now. And each time something new stands out to me. Um, now, he's not going to be my coolest character award that we're about to go into. But I still love Dr. Yamane, played by Takashi Shimura. Yeah. From the beginning, Yamane recognized something that others didn't, including myself and Godzilla. If you remember, I was hesitant about this, but he recognized the necessity of Godzilla as a hero. He wanted to study Godzilla, learn from Godzilla, and ultimately save Godzilla. But he couldn't, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The original Godzilla died at the hands of an enormous sacrifice. And yet the Japanese people ended up making Godzilla into an icon of hope and resistance. I like to think that Godzilla as a monster is so interconnected with us as humanity we each have this chance this this bit of monster and this bit of hero within us and every day we get a chance to move in one direction or another but to me the biggest challenge is where dr yamane succeeded he was succeeding in learning to see the potential in godzilla to see that potential to be that hero so i guess the lesson for me and that i'm continuing to learn with these films is that the recognition of the other as both monster and hero and the role that I can play in creating those perceptions. I even think that kind of goes all the way to my perceptions of these films. 
right? And how I see these films. So that's kind of one of the things that is definitely I'm going to take away. Um, my uh, preconceived notions of these films has also changed in a way uh, for the better. So that's kind of the big thing I'm taking away. Wow. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one to take away, Eric. I mean, you're so much wiser now because of Godzilla and you have me to thank for it. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right, Alex. So no theometer this week. We're going to jump straight into our awards. Now I did set some ground rules. We set some ground rules for this award ceremony which i completely forgot about by the way so i'm gonna oh no so you're telling me right off the bat that you're breaking you're breaking all the all the rules no no i I think i might might have been lucky and not picked any of the same movies (laughs) Uh, i mean you could be like me so here's the rule the rule is you can only use a film once right um it can be mentioned it could have been a, a a moment that's been mentioned before it doesn't have to be um my thing was, is I had a runner up for every single award. So I'm going to mention each of those, <laughs> but all of my awards and my runner ups, they all come from different films. So a bunch of different films, get some shout outs here, but let's start with the coolest character award. Who did you say was the coolest character, Alex? All right. So I felt like Dr. Sirozawa was too on the nose because I do still believe that he's probably the best character, but if we're, really wanting to speak to people who touch the heart, then it's got to be Glenn. My boy, Glenn. <laughs> from from Invasion of the Astro Monster. Of course I did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's, he's the reason I picked him over everybody else is because I really had him pegged as one type of character, like this womanizer, playboy, space ranger. And it turns out he's like a big... He just loves women, but he's not just, he not only does he love women, he respects them and he cares about them and he falls in love with one that's also an alien. And he's the only character, he's one of the few characters, not only, uh, that's a total lie, but he's one of the few characters to experience heartbreak. And it's because he just, he loved himself an alien and it just didn't work out. <laughs> I like it. I like it, Alex. And also, so, he did really good acting because he didn't speak the same language as anybody else in that film. He was dubbed the entire time. <laughs> true, true. What about you? Um, so me, quick shout out for my runner-up, Katsuo from Destroy All Monsters. You know, he was the guy who yes. said, we'll either be heroes or in body bags within <laughs> the hour. Um, oh, yes. Akira Kubo, who plays that role, he was fine in Son of Godzilla. But here, he's the star of the show. Um, and this was one of my, that was one of my favorite moments of Destroy All Monsters. But but the character I'm I'm going with for the award, this may feel a bit random, but I'm going with Akira Takarada uh, as Yoshimura in Ebra Horror of the Deep. What? Um, yeah, <laughs> I know, random, right? I love his entrance on the sailboat when he comes out of nowhere with that fake gun. <laughs> that guy's just a movie star. You know, we see him in multiple films, but I yeah. just really like him here. He's got those random um, lock picking skills. <laughs> he yes. just brings an element of mystery and intrigue throughout the film <laughs> and ends up becoming kind of this good group leader for that ragtag Scooby-Doo team of teenagers. Oh, man. I forgot about a skeleton key that can open literally exactly. any lock in the universe, which is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, come on. 
he he's pretty powerful so he was my coolest character <laughs> did, did you okay so for our most memorable line award i want to mm-hmm. i gotta hear eric what did mm-hmm. you pick <laughs> I wonder. I'm hoping we picked okay. the same one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. Uh, well, my runner-up is the dubbed version of King Kong versus Godzilla. Oh, King Kong can't make a monkey out of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because it made me laugh a, a lot. It's a good pun. Um, but then my actual most memorable line. It comes from All Monsters Attack, Alex, um, and it's the toy consultant Shinpei. He says. Adults believe in God, so why can't kids have their own gods too, like Manila's? Man, if, there, if there's a line that you know summarizes kind of Honda's approach to these films, it's it's got to be this one. Um, it's a profound line, and you know it's a, it's a spiritual line in a sense. But I just really like it because it sums up kind of you know we, we're fans of mm-hmm. this franchise. We treat this franchise with respect. Why can't kids have something that they cling on to as well? I think it was pretty profound in the midst of a film that <laughs> we struggled to find, find too many profound moments in. No, I, I think you're absolutely right in terms of it's a shockingly profound moment for an unprofound movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, now, other people will, will disagree with this. Trust I me, know. there's people that love that movie. but And I, uh, I, I still we'll get it. We'll talk about it. I still get yeah. it, but yeah, we'll talk about it more. We'll, we'll get about it in a second. What but, about your most memorable line, Alex? Hands down, my favorite line is from Godzilla versus Megalon. And this is Goro Ibuki, who created Jet Jaguar. And we use this one in that episode, but it's too good to not use again. He decided yeah. he had to fight him until Godzilla got there. His determination made him that big. And this is in <laughs> reference to why Jet Jaguar... A little six-foot robot grew 200 feet tall. (laughs) It's still my favorite piece of lore for the Godzilla universe. It just makes so much sense. I just like the idea that if I wanted to, I could be 200 feet tall if my determination was just there. But I like it. I'm lazy, so I'll never be there. (laughs) Um, What about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? All right, Eric, you got to guess what movie this is from. Okay. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> now you're going with the Miko? Yes. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing, Alex. Yeah. I also went with the Miko. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so there are some genuinely good performances in the Showa era. Um, but for some reason with this award, we usually like, we lean towards the funny moments more than the serious ones. Well, so I had, I had to go with Amiko. Um, you know, it, her reaction to Sarazawa's experiment is just so over the top. We've referenced it so many times. I had to go with that one. Eric, you yeah. gotta do it. <laughs> no, yes. no, yes. no, because I'm, I'll, I, maybe I could do my, my, uh, runner up. My runner-up was, remember that zillion dying in Invasion of Astro Monster <laughs> to the frequency of the t- toy sound wave? Yes. <laughs> that, oh, that was my runner-up. So. <laughs> I should do my I should do my runner-up. Girl from the this end. What? uh What's her name from the end of Terror Mechagodzilla dying? Katsura. Here. He just... <laughs> <laughs> That's her mouth fluttering as she slowly... Tries to come to grips with her emotions. Exactly. 
<laughs> I feel like we should just do an ASMR podcast. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. What about your... Uh, one of my favorite awards, the Standout Effect Award. Standout Effect Award, runner-up. Uh, we talked about it last week. Terra, God- Terra of Mecha Godzilla, when Mecha Godzilla's rotational missiles shake the set. That's my runner-up. Mm. But the one that I keep coming back to is actually your standout effect from Mothra versus Godzilla. And it's the awakening, the reveal of Godzilla. It's just so cool. I, l- I love yes. when the tail comes out of the sand. Uh, I was shocked at that moment. Um, we eventually get Godzilla in full, covered with sand, full of menace and rage. I love that moment. And it's one of the standout effects of the entire show era. Uh, I yeah. always, like when I'm thinking about really cool effects, I think about that one. Yeah, uh, that that's a really good pick. And that, that's, that was actually one of the three that I was looking at. But, and I don't think I mentioned this one as my favorite effect in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but the pyrotechnics during the final battle between King Caesar, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla are awesome. In particular, the moment where one there's one on one side and another on the back side, and he just spins his head around and shoots both of them, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to, for no reason, fire all the weapons out of his hands, not at them, and blow everything up <laughs> oh, around yeah. it. It's just this really <laughs> cool firework display that we have been deprived of for a while now, like with that kind of pyrotechnics. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What about the, oh, that's a good shot award, a relatively new award, Alex. Did you stick with something recent or did you go to the past to choose this award? Well, I had originally picked something from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but then I read the rules after I got done. Um, so I'm going to put that as my runner-up, and that would be when Godzilla and Mechagodzilla are fighting at night. I, th- I think I mentioned this one in that episode, but they're fighting at night, and there's fire all around them, and you see our protagonist standing in the distance watching the two fight while mm-hmm. there's just flames everywhere. It's just really this awesome shot, like all the winds blowing in their hairs and they're just watching across this watery cove. And then it also follows up with this awesome moment where he punches a smokestack into Mechagodzilla, which is just mm-hmm. awesome. <laughs> but my, Oh, that's a good shot award. Probably. You know what? I really like this one, even though it, it, it's done better in later movies. The moment where Godzilla tears off Ebra's claw. Mm-hmm. And we get that shot from behind him, and then it slowly pans around, and then he clamps the <laughs> he, he clamps the claw like defiantly at Ebra. It's just this like really cool artistic masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so m- my quick runner up: Godzilla versus Hedera. The shot of the gamblers with and the sludge with their limbs and the head sticking out. That's just such a cool shot. Um, Bano has some stylistic chops for sure. He does. But the shot I'm going to go with, I actually rewatched part of this film to find the shot again. And it's from Godzilla Raids Again, right? Shout out to Oda. Um, But it's when Hidemi, she backs away from the television. She's watching this destruction, which is this common theme we see in these films, right? But she, she backs away from the destruction that she sees in the television and she walks, the camera pans in, and she walks towards 
the window and outside the window. We mentioned it in this episode, but it really does look like kind of a reverse mushroom cloud of sorts out the window. For all the grief that Godzilla Raids Again receives, as I was rewatching part of this part of it for this episode, I really appreciated it for what it was. We've seen a lot worse for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. And and, and honestly, most of these movies, even the ones we're probably gonna bag on towards the end of this, are really not that bad, if we're being completely right. honest, right? But we definitely yeah. you and me have differences of opinions on which ones those are. But yes. I'm excited to get into it with you, which All right. we're about to do. So the rules for our rankings battle as we transition here, Alex, is there are no rules. <laughs> no holds bar in Moscow. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> uh, that was a Rocky Four reference. Uh, I, I like it. I like it. I was trying to pick it up and I failed to pick it that up. That's all right. Um, so... Alex, I say we go from hey, last wait, to first here. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, yeah, yeah. just so our fans know, because they don't, you're a gigantic Rocky fan. I am. And so, <laughs> I love Rocky. <laughs> and I don't think our fans knew that, which is probably why you picked that. But you're wanting to go from last, from worst to yes. best. We're going to go from worst to best. And I also do think we need to clarify. Um, we, we do appreciate all these films. Right, we appreciate all these films, um, but I also don't think it's wrong to rate some films above others because there are better films than others. This is just the reality of the situation, Alex. Yeah, um, but I, I do want to clarify: like, we still have an appreciation even for our lowest of films. Um, there's still something there that we cling on to, that we enjoy, that we appreciate. So, if your favorite film lands in the bottom of our list. It's okay. It's not our least favorite film of all time. It just happens to be at the bottom of our respective lists. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. We're we're not trying to hurt your feelings, but we're going to. So, what's the <laughs> No, but you know, reviews are opinions and that that's what this show is. It's always our opinion and no one else's. Exactly. Well, not yet. Not so- until I replace you. Um <laughs> <laughs> So number 15, Alex. What do you have for number 15? I have, this one's going to be non-negotiable for me, Eric. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know that you have a different one for number 14. Number 15 for me is All Monsters Attack. Otherwise known as Godzilla's Revenge. Right. What about you? My 15th was Godzilla versus Gigan. <laughs> Which on, so we're going to get, we're going to hear from responses from some folks on Twitter when I posted this question on Twitter. Um, and the first response that I received on Twitter, Alex, was <laughs> Godzilla versus Gigan. What's their favorite? <laughs> Which I love. I love that this is so picked. I'm like, oh my goodness. But look, I can't get on board with Godzilla versus Gigan. Um, and it's, I, I listened to a little bit of a podcast that uh, the Monster Island Film Vault, they sent it to me, uh, the Kaiju Vision uh, podcast. I listened to a little bit and I appreciated some of the things that they were saying. Um, there are some good moments in that film. There are some good characters, but for me, uh, the story was recycled and it was just too recycled. It got to a point, maybe it was because I was watching these back to back to back, but watching them back to back to back with the recycled story, it really started to grate on me. For me, the best scene in that movie 
is a scene when the main protagonist is held up by the hippie with a corn cob. <laughs> <laughs> That's my most memorable scene from Godzilla versus Gigan, which I know is sad, but yeah, I mean, that's just, that's just the reality for me. Um, Anthony Lee on Twitter at Kaiju writer Ant said his favorite was Godzilla versus Gigan because it was the first of his Godzilla films. Ah, okay. The old first option. I mean, I think I think nostalgia plays a part, right? Oh, like it has in to. in how you rate and rank these films for sure. Yeah, which is interesting because you don't have nostalgia, right? Exactly. I'm just looking at them and and seeing what I say or saying what I see. <laughs> all right. Well, Eric, here's the question: uh-huh. I don't like All Monsters Attack because I think it is it's the only film I struggled to get through, and it was only sixty something minutes long, mm-hmm. and that that says a lot. Now, Godzilla yeah. versus Gigan, I did have to stop halfway through because I, but it was really late at night. So, yeah, All Monsters Attack, I just wanted to stop, but I had to finish for the episode. So, yeah. are you willing to meet me one down at All Monsters I Attack think so. at fifteen? Poten- p- potentially, potentially, but let me give you a, a, just an argument for maybe we should even rate uh, All Monsters Attack a little bit higher. Mm. All right, so. To me, this film probably has grown on me since the first viewing mo- more than any others. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds strange, but consider the limitations that were put on Honda. Uh, I think he does a pretty good job with what he's given. I liked uh, the fact that, you know, let's talk Godzilla at Godzilla Let's. He says Godzilla's Revenge is a great movie and he'll stand by it to the end of time. <laughs> and then mm. Kaiju Apostle, the podcast, they sent me a message about the ending of this movie, how it's meant to be unsettling. Um, so Kaiju Apostle mentioned that Honda inserts provocative messages into the story um, just to make it more clear. And so he says it's important to remember. I know this is one of the points we mentioned in our podcast. It's important to to remember that what's considered a, a kid's film back then is probably different than we consider a kid's film now. Yeah. Right. So I, I can get on board. I'm, I'm not sold on either one of those <laughs> being my, my last. Uh, I can get on board uh, with you on this one, but I do think there are some good counterpoints. Oh yeah. There's excellent counterpoints, but there's also another negative counterpoint. It has 20 minutes of stock footage in a 60 something minute movie. Yeah. To me, it's, (laughs) to me, there's a, I agree to me, there's a filmmaking issue overall with the film. Um, I do think it's interesting how it is kind of the standalone feature. As we mentioned earlier, it's, it, it almost feels not a part of the universe or maybe a commentary on this universe. Yeah. And there are some very interesting socio-political messages being conveyed through this kid's film uh, that you may not pick up on the first time watching. Yeah. So, so we might have to, we might have to agree to disagree here as we kind of create this list. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We will because I'm with you. It's got some really cool messages. I still don't think it correctly delivers on any of them. But I do like the idea that it was Honda's intent to kind of blow it all up at the end. And hey, maybe right. that was his, maybe that was a big fu to the studio that made him add that ending onto it. What about number thirteen, Alex? Or did you did you have Godzilla versus Gigan as your number fourteen? No. <laughs> oh no. Well, what's your number fourteen? <laughs> Son of Godzilla. Okay. Well, that's my that's my number thirteen, Alex. We get Manila here for better or for worse. And and we said in the episode, we said we laughed at this film more than any other. 
just maybe not for the right hey, reason. <laughs> I'm I'm willing to move. I, I put Geigen at twelve. I'm willing to move it down to fourteen if you want. There we go. Nice. All right. I think we can. I think we can get there because I, I laugh I'm so okay much at Son of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Now um, on Twitter, God, the Godzilla novelization project. Um, they mentioned several different films, but they were one of the only ones to mention Son of Godzilla. Um, he says, I seriously adore this film. Fukuda's tight directing, fun characters, colorful setting, brilliant insect effects. It does have that brilliant insect it effect, does. Alex. I thought about going for that yeah. with one of my uh, best effects awards. Yeah. But um, I understand I understand what he's saying there. Yeah, Kumanga in particular looks fantastic. The spider, Absolutely. the giant spider in the movie, he looks amazing. Yeah, no, I think you're right. So what was your um, 12th film? Well, Godzilla vs. Gigan was 12. Now, number 13 for okay. me was Godzilla Raids Again. Okay, yeah. That one for me... Um, is all the way up at number nine. So we're gonna we're gonna differ here. Um, wh- what was your take on Godzilla Rage again? Why is it so low, Alex? It. I used to think more highly of it uh, when I first watched all these movies several years ago, and so rewatching it this time, it just felt a little more hollow. I still like the characters, and I even like the ending. But some of the, the goofy slapstick. Uh, criminals that escape and then crash to set almost the entire series of events into motion just felt really out of place. Like, really mm-hmm. out of place. But you also got some really cool moments with the city being destroyed, and it's the best we've seen of that in terms of the ramifications and people showing up to a city that's already destroyed. Yeah. No, I, I think it actually, I, that's why I rank it high, right? Some of the positives you mentioned are some of the things that I cling to. I also would say Angerous, right? And yes. the monster versus monster battle, where that takes the series, it's a really important development. It is. Um, and so maybe I'm thinking about in terms of like importance here, it, it's got, it moves up my list a little bit when I consider that. Okay. So, um, what, all right, right now we've got 15 All Monsters Attack, 14 uh-huh. Godzilla versus Gigan. Uh-huh. What's 13? Probably Son of Godzilla. Yeah, Son of Godzilla. Me too. Okay. My next one, and we had a couple people disagree with me, um, but Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Oh, no, you're an, <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the film where I went on a rant in the episode about the implicit fe- themes of this film. Um, me and Honda, we just didn't jive here. Um, but I'm okay with that. We get the introduction of Ghidorah, which I'm fine with. And I understand why people love this film. Um, Ted Fox on Twitter says he's a huge fan of Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. You got a princess possessed by an alien prophet, Godzilla and Rodan fighting across the country, assassins, a monster team-up, great soundtrack, and a three-headed space dragon. It's a pretty good point. Kaiju Weekly podcast says... Um, with the introduction to Godzilla's most notorious villain, as well as the team up of Rodan, Mothra, and Godzilla, this movie is tops. It's not just a great monster movie; it works as sci-fi action and political thriller. I agree with him. Actually, I've got I've got a Ghidorah three headed monster at number six for me. That's high, dude. <laughs> yeah, I really like. Here's it. the thing: I whenever I consider the films here. <laughs> I, I see Invasion of Astro Monster, which is coming up. I see Invasion of Astro Monster as just a step up from Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. Yes. So when I consider Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster, to me, 
watching these films back to back to back, it's hard for me to remember specific moments from Ghidorah. Um, and that's because other films did what it did, but did it better. Mm, I disagree. Um, <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> so that's why, that's for me why it's so low. Number 11 yeah. for me is Destroy All Monsters. Okay, me too, actually. There we go. We agree at number 11. Yeah. Wow. That is a that was a surprisingly few amount of people on Twitter's favorite movie. It was. Yeah, it was only a couple. Um, one was Kaiju Director, uh, 007. He says, it, if for the sheer sense of epic and let's make this the last ride of the monsters effort put into it, he, he loved uh, this film. I, and I get it. I, I get why people love this one. Because mm-hmm. as a kid... This is the be-all, end-all for what you are looking for in a Godzilla movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then for 10, I had Ibra Horror of the Deep. Mm. I had Ibra a little bit higher up um, at my number seven. But why'd you have it at number 10, Alex? This is the threshold where I really, really enjoy the movies. So it's really a knockout. It's, it's really a fight for these spots. And Ibra was just, it was one of the best Fakuda films, but it's just like, it's not quite there. I, I like the Scooby-Doo gang. I like Ibra and I like the fights that happen, but mm-hmm. compared to what we're getting ready to talk about, I liked them a lot more. And even Godzilla versus Megalon, which is one that's above this, I had a lot more fun during it. So yeah. this is the threshold where things get really fun for me. So if we're considering our Monsters vs. Men definitive list of top 15 Godzilla show era films, I'm willing to move Ebra down my list a little bit. But man, this one, I have a fun place in my heart for it. Um, it was my first Fukuda film, and I just thought it showed a lot of, of promise. It, it um, does. It does. To me, some people think Son of Godzilla builds off what happens in Ebra Horror of the Deep. I just don't see that. No. I don't see that being the case. To me... Uh, Ebra like sets that new sort of tone that we've come to expect in some of these sillier island-based films. Yeah, and Ebra is one of the few films that I don't think a single person said it was their favorite. Exactly, I know. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe to me it's the most underrated one. You I think mentioned so. Godzilla versus Megalon, though, uh, Alex. That was my number ten, and for me, it's just Jet Jaguar. Isn't that enough? <laughs> it is enough. I'll move. It, I'll move it to number nine if you're willing to move it to number nine. We can, yeah, we can do that. Um, Davy Bridgewood on Twitter said this film. Uh, it's an incredibly entertaining film despite its shortcomings. And Jet Jaguar, Megalon, Gigan, and Godzilla all have so much personality. Also, gotta love the tail drop kick. Yeah, as a kid, which I know you did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I did. Even though it's horrible. Uh, as a kid. This one and Terror of Mechagodzilla were my absolute favorites. Yeah. And I I, I still surprisingly really enjoyed this one. And I, I haven't let, I don't think I let, uh, I think I, I do a pretty good job of not letting nostalgia affect my rankings. It's in a good spot for me. I got you. I already said my number nine was Godzilla Raids Again. What was your number nine, Alex? <laughs> You're going to hate me. Uh, Godzilla vs. Hedorah. All right, all right. That's right. That's right. I'll, I'll move mine up though, if you're well, if you want me to. Yeah. Well, I mean, my uh, Godzilla vs. Edera is number four, so we do have some differences there. Mm. Um, and I understand it's probably because um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get you. I get your complaints. I understand you having more fun with some of the other films. Let me give you my case for number four: Godzilla versus Hedera. All right, stylistically, I think this is the second best film after Gojira. Um, I just love Bono's direction here. Let me uh, read you an email from my brother Brett. Okay, here's a part of what he says. He said, "When considering the Showa era movies, my favorite has to be Godzilla versus Hedera." I enjoyed the shift in tone, the different style, and the monster battles. This film saved the Showa era for me. After the previous three movies, I was beginning to rethink my life decisions. <laughs> However, this film reinvigorated Godzilla love. So I understand what he's saying there, and it definitely does, for sure. Uh, it's just such, it's so different from some of the others. Uh, it's why it's so high on my list, but I understand. We can maybe meet in the middle on this well, one. Well, and he, he makes a great point. We needed Godzilla versus Hedorah. Yeah. Because as much as I enjoy Destroy All Monsters and not All Monsters Attack, uh, the franchise was felt like it was dying at this point. And I felt like mm-hmm. maybe you kind of felt that way. Like, yeah, we were having a good time, but things were fl- fl- things were fledgling. Right? They were yeah. they were really dying. And I think our enthusiasm together was kind of like we're like, oh man! Like these are kind of starting to feel a little samey, and then this comes along and really kicks it into overdrive. And I felt like besides Godzilla versus Gigan, things mm-hmm. really did go in overdrive after that. And yeah. so I'm willing to move it up. W- would you meet me at? Oh, you've gotten four. Would you meet me at six? I think we could settle there for sure. <laughs> um, this is how seriously we take these rankings, people. <laughs> <laughs> what about your number eight? film alex for me godzilla versus megalon was number eight got you and right. I, I really liked it but i think we moved that one to nine which is fine right. what about you what was eight for you so my my eight was honestly this was the most popular film on twitter alex and it was invasion of astro monster dude i still can't right? believe you have it so low <laughs> I understand. I get it. I just enjoyed the other ones more, right? Yeah. So, Invasion of Astro Monster. Let, let me just tell you what a couple people said about this one. All right. Scott Walden says, solid human characters and added bonus of Kaiju. Um, it's got that sci-fi alien invasion story. It's everything iconic about the genre. I get that for sure. Up from the depths, they say... I have to say Invasion of Astro Monster. It has some of the best human characters in a Godzilla film. The story is really engaging, and the monsters are used sparingly, but effectively. I like that point. I thought that was true. Um, mm-hmm. The Gargantu cast, they chimed in. They said, honestly, it's definitely Invasion of Astro Monster. It's my go-to example of having a strong human narrative while delivering great monster action as well. Yes. And then lastly, G-Man says... This movie, uh, Invasion of Astro Monster, Monster Zero, is a stealth Cold War story. Strong message of unity, merging the kaiju genre with space operas. Inspired countless alien invasion storylines in Ultraman, Super Sentai, Gamera, Pacific Rim, etc. Strong, compelling characters and relationships. I think he's got a point there, Alex. He does. And I, I did briefly mention the uh, kind of the unity of the U.S., and Japan and kind of what that meant for Japan at the time during that episode. And Mm -hmm. I'm with them. I, you know, I didn't think about anything cold war ish, but he, he kind of hit my sentiments on the head. 
So I had Invasion at number four. Okay. You want yeah, to meet? We can where, move that one up for sure. Where do you want to move it to? You want to, you want to move it to five? Yeah, that, um, I'm willing right. to meet you there. But That's it's it's it. like you said. Is it where was the threshold for you? What number was the threshold for you? Where did they really kind of turn a Let's corner see. and they're like your? I think it's ten. I think it's ten. Man, um, you and me, same same spot. <laughs> well, at eleven we get destroy all monsters, which. I appreciate, but the human element just isn't quite there for me. Yeah. Um, and then the other ones we've, I've already mentioned my own feelings of shortcomings that they have. Um, but what about the next one, Alex? Um, I said seven. my number seven was Ebra horror of the deep. What about you? <laughs> Mothra versus Godzilla. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. An unpopular yeah, that, opinion. That's, that's probably low for most people, but, yes. um, uh, how so, Alex? It's I love that what it has to say about uh, capitalism and some of the downsides to capitalism. But I think the final battle and some of the monster action just isn't good. Like the final battle is just outright lame. Would you agree with me? The two worms, <laughs> Mothra larvae. Yeah, Would you that, agree? That's not my favorite. That's not my favorite part. But there are some elements that are pretty awesome. Um, Psycho KC, I think is how you pronounce his name, uh, on Twitter says, this is the perfectly crafted Godzilla adventure. It has great human characters and antagonists. The humor in this movie is also intentionally great. Great characters, plot, and top-of-the-line practical effects make this the definitive non-OG Showa-era flick. Right? Oh. And then... I know. I like, I like that response. And then uh, my guy, Vinny Aziz from Letterboxd. I, his opinions, if you're on Letterboxd, you should follow Vinit. Um, He's awesome. But here's what he says. He says, uh, for Mothra versus Godzilla, which he actually rates above the original Alex, I think my biggest Mad takeaway man. was the <laughs> – he says, listen to this. He says, I think my biggest takeaway was the music. I didn't hate the repeated theme like Al did. And for me, the Sacred Springs track was like a transcendent religious experience. It was chilling and ethereal, just unearthly in how beautiful and gentle it was. A lot of my love for this movie comes from that song alone. Also, I watched it before watching the Mothra Sola movie, so everything was fresh and new to me. When he went back and watched the Mothra movie later, he didn't appreciate it as much, which I understand. Um, Interesting, but I, I I like his opinion here. I, I, I think too. he's good. And Mothra versus Godzilla for me, um, I just love the meaning of that film. Um, I love a lot about it. It was so much better on the second viewing. It's at my number five slot. Oh, Eric, we'll we'll have to move that one up, Alex. Uh, uh, you know. uh, meet me at number six. <laughs> All right, we can do that. We can do that. All right. Well, hey, what was, hey, what Vinit, was your six? Vinit commented yeah. on one of my on my list on Letterbox two weeks ago. I just noticed. Uh, right before we started recording and I never said anything to him and I feel bad, but it keeps telling me I have to verify my account. And I deleted that email over a year and a half ago and I'm still trying nice. to figure out how to verify my account. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to redo your account. On Letterboxd, Alex. Oh, no, I'll figure um, it out. I didn't sneak it on the web browser. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what about your um, number? What is your number six currently? Ghidorah, the three headed monster. Got you. Got you. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of love for Ghidorah out there, for sure. I really um, like it. I think the, the the human story falters a little bit towards the end, but I really like the revelation of 
of Ghidorah and like his just otherworldliness, and it's never recaptured again. Yeah. So I, I, it does hold a special place for me. But we have some empty slots down below. Uh, it looks mm-hmm. like. So what do you? What would you want to put it at? I mean, do we have eight? I think number eight. Oh my gosh, eh, Eric! Yeah, we have an. It's only at number six. We have an eight. We have two sixes right now. Uh, <laughs> we have Mothra and Hedora at six. So which one do you want at seven? <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. Uh, you rated Hedora later or, or lower. Um, lower? Yeah, let's put that at seven. Boo. So my six, Alex, currently was Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Wow! And really, for me, it's just <laughs> Caesar, Caesar, Caesar. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. It's a good the one. most underrated monster. The most I- underrated monster in the GCU, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you had Hedorah so high up, and I was trying to figure out how in the world that Mechagodzilla was six for you. Well, but I, I love, no, I, get it. I do I get love it. the singing and prayer scene. That gets me every time. Um, but uh, Tanner Rong on Twitter, at write a book. By the way, his art is fantastic. And oh, he, yeah. He contributes it. to a good cause. Uh, so check that out. Um, he says this is his favorite film. He just loves the 70s action slash spy thriller vibe along with the characters. And the initial face-off between Godzilla and the disguised Mecha Godzilla is so dramatic and over the top with the amount of explosions. It's definitely a cool scene. <laughs> He's right. He's right. And that, uh, that, that was uh, something I mentioned earlier in that, oh, that's a good shot award. Yeah, exactly. And and then James Davies, it, you, he pretty much hit the nail on the head for the reasons I love this movie. He said, eight men from black holes, giant lion monsters, <laughs> over-the-top action, unnecessarily gruesome battles, and such a fast pace, it's a great one to return to. Mix that in with the international spy thriller, and it's so insane and so entertaining and fun. Yeah, he, he's right. And I, I was giving you a hard time, but I have I have Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla at five. So we're only one apart. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> uh, I guess that can move into our five slot. It's, that's really okay. Well, and my Astro number five, at five right now. Uh, well, we'll we'll have to see that one. We've already slots in here at the end. Uh, <laughs> my five we already talked about was Mothra versus Godzilla. What was your five, Alex? My five was Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Okay. And what was your four? My four was Invasion of Astro Monster, which we moved okay. to five. My four was Hedera. What about your number three? Now we're getting now we're getting to Dude, some these the, the, really this this these last three, this is gonna be tough. <laughs> it's funny, we both had the same final three, but the yeah. order of two and three I know is probably what uh was the hardest for both of us. But I'm I am willing to compromise on oh, this. One I am too, I so that's a problem. <laughs> we'll because, both compromise each other out. Yeah. <laughs> so my number three, and this was after a lot of debate, was Terror of Mechagodzilla. What'd you have? Yeah. You had King Kong, didn't you? I did. And so my Terror of Mechagodzilla was number two. Um, and I'm definitely willing to be persuaded here. I hope I'm not feeling too sentimental towards Terra Mecha Godzilla, but I just think Terra Mecha Godzilla has the most complex characters that we get in the oh, series. Yeah. And Katsura is so awesome. Um, it's got epic moments. It's got the classic score. I liked what the Monster Island Film Vault said on Twitter. They said this was their first Godzilla film. 
Katsura is a fantastic, tragic character who explores themes of identity, has exciting fights, has one of Godzilla's best entrances. I agree. Mm-hmm. Titanosaurus is an underrated kaiju. Especially, I, I agree with that too, especially yeah. whenever you put him in comparison with Mecha Godzilla. And it was Honda's last film as a director. Godzilla's Flaming Charge. That's how <laughs> he ends it. He's right. <laughs> but yes, the Godzilla's yeah. Fra- yeah. Flaming Charge is one of my favorite moments of the entire series. Yeah. So cool. Um, but then we got King Kong versus Godzilla, Alex. Yeah. Uh, what, what's your case for this one at number two? Because I'm, I'm on the fence. What do you well, think? I think aside from the first film, this is the most unique film of the entire series. It's the only one that is a complete outright comedy. And it succeeds in every way. And it also gives us a really awesome, hilarious final battle. That is, it's just a wrestling match in just the weirdest ways. We get red drank in this one, which is just <laughs> one of our favorite things, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and is. we we just get this, that commentary about television ratings and the extent that network executives are willing to go to at- obtain those ratings. is just a really cool, relevant message that mm-hmm. really holds true today. And that's that's why, at the end of the day, I just, it barely beat Terra Mecha Godzilla for me. Yeah. No, the uh at the one and only Ed said King's Kong versus Godzilla. Aside from the human characters being just goofy enough to be likable, the action was great. Godzilla's rampage was one of the best. His reveal ruled and the final fight was probably the best one on one kaiju battle ever between the two most popular monsters. <laughs> it does have the iconic uh tree weaponized tree scene yeah and, shot down the throat and it's got the accidental uh king kong roll where he rolls into a yes. rock oh yeah uh, it, it is great it, it really is good um so i i i want to i probably will push that one up for me to number two um just to tell you how much i love that film it's currently listed as one of my top four films on letterboxd right now wow. i just love it that much it's i just think it's really funny really enjoyable um i could watch that film multiple times and it'd take me a while to get tired of it <laughs> that's awesome I, mean, I knew i knew you liked it a lot but i like it's top four that's yeah cool. I, I i rotate those a lot but yeah. yeah for right now it's in my top four and then alex we've got the number one it, it's obvious yeah <laughs> it really you know, some, is some people some people disagreed with us but uh i, know. I mean to me it is Gojira, the nineteen fifty four Gojira. Yeah. Um, there's to me, there's no question. It's the most artistic. It's epic and it's harrowing with mm-hmm. those fantastic performance, and it's it becomes a real allegorical masterpiece with real emotion that ultimately it transcends to me. It transcends this genre we've been talking about, and it becomes something else entirely. Uh, it's a yeah. becomes an icon. This is one of the most talked about films ever, mm-hmm. and for good reason. Yeah, it it is. There's there's nothing like it. It's the only it's the only Godzilla film that I felt those kind of emotions where I was sad at the villain of the movie being killed. You know, like yeah, he's just a monster, but he's the bad guy. He's the one murdering mm-hmm. everybody. And yeah, it's because nuclear weapons are being used by humanity, but. The, the fact that they could kill Dr. Sirozawa and Gojira in the same scene 
And this is a short movie, and I felt more emotion than I do in a lot of movies, like not just Godzilla movies. That's saying something, because that's a that's a sixty five year old movie. Indeed. It's just it's unreal, and also it gives us the best we- weapon, oxygen destroyer. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, Alex, this has been fun, and I think we've settled the debate once and for all. What? <laughs> well, what debate? Oh, oh okay. This is the you, rankings. Oh, I thought you I were getting ready to make a point. The rankings. I thought you were getting ready to make a point like that you were right about something. I was just waiting no. for it. <laughs> I think we've settled the rankings once and for all. Everyone, everyone will always agree with us, you know. Yes. Uh, oh yeah, these are definitive. There's there's no other opinions to be had. Right, exactly. <laughs> and you can email those non-opinions to nvmpod <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh or just shout them out to us at Twitter. Uh, we love to discuss those more. Yeah, that was, um, a, that was at a lot NVM of fun. Underscore pod. Yeah, yeah, discussing this with everybody on Twitter was like a highlight of the week. Like that, that was a lot of fun. Seeing was, all those different opinions. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I think Ebra got the short end because not a single Ebra person. Ebra and Godzilla raids again. Ebra and Godzilla raids. I thought you again, said Alex. someone at the last minute. Came in, it was like there was there was one person that mentioned it as like their second oh, choice. Okay, you know, but that was it. That was it. All right. Um, hey, do you want me to go through the list with our new ranking? Yeah, let's go through right. the list. Go Number one, Gojira. Number two, Godzilla versus Kong. Number three, Terror of Mechagodzilla. Number four, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Number five, Invasion of the Astro Monster. I don't know how it got that high, but I'm glad it did. Number six. Mothra vs. Godzilla. Seven, Godzilla vs. Hedorah. Eight, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Deserves to be higher. Um, got, <laughs> number nine, Godzilla vs. Megalon. Number ten, Ebra, Horror of the Deep. Number eleven, Destroy All Monsters. Twelve, Godzilla Raids Again. Thirteen, Son of Godzilla. Fourteen, Godzilla vs. Gigant. And fifteen, All Monsters Attack. <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla's gonna get revenge on us for that one, Alex. Oh man, it's a pretty decent list, you know. Yeah, it really yeah, is. I think it's a pretty decent. I list think Ghidorah sure. probably got a little lower than maybe it should have, and sort of Ghidorah. But overall, we can't good. rate every single film as high as we want to, Alex. <laughs> I know, I know. Especially when we have to come to consensus and create the definitive list that no one can uh, argue against, prove wrong. Exactly. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, so next week, Alex, we are moving into a new era, the Hasai era. It's exciting. And I think we've both uh, created some questions for this film, <laughs> The Return of Godzilla. What you got, Alex? After a nine-year slumber, does The Return of Godzilla unencumber? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. All right, yours, I think, wins. Mine is... Mine is uh, in 1984, does Godzilla change forevermore? No, oh, that's pretty good. You're just like more poetic than mine. <laughs> but mine's better. <laughs> Yours is better. Uh, we might have to vote on it on Twitter. We'll see. <laughs> um, so we'll be doing a couple new things next week. We might change the format a little bit. And we'll also start a new list of Hasai rankings, as well as adding, you know, at the end here, we'll kind of add these new Godzilla films into our overall Showa era rankings to create a definitive Godzilla list. Yes. Um, 
Where can we watch this film at, Alex? So, there's not a whole lot of options. Uh, the good news is, for whatever reason, it made it onto Amazon Prime. Now, really? the version on there is called Gojira 1984, and it's really bad quality. Like, mm. it's standard definition quality. Mm. So, if you're okay with watching a bad quality version, you can watch it on there. Uh, there's a platform called High Dive. It's a subscription. It's a subscription service, but you can pay for it for one month. It's probably the same price as a rental. Or actually, there's a it has a trial that you can do to watch the movie, and they have Godzilla 1984 in HD. Otherwise, you can go buy it for like nine bucks somewhere. Or it's just it's just a hard one to find. Or we are going to watch the Return of Godzilla or Godzilla 1984. We are not watching Godzilla 1985. Because 85 is the American version that brings back Raymond Burr from the American version of the original Gojira. Which we may have to revisit that at some point. We'll probably revisit the original with Raymond Burr and 1985 with Raymond Burr as well. Yeah, that could be a good episode. Yeah. Um, As always, you can follow us on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. Um, On Letterboxd, we're at Al Cornette and at Mr. Eric Neely. And you can email us at mvmpod at gmail.com. I think we've settled it, Alex. No one has died in the process. So until next week, (laughs) try try to stay alive. wiser now because of Godzilla and you have me to thank for it so